Hello, everybody. It's Katiri. And Owen. And our very special guest. Theo. Theo. Welcome to the Sustainers <laughs> Tea. We are. Hello. I'm excited to be here. We are going to be discussing divine gender. Oh, goodness. What yes. does it mean? In all its nuances and intricacies and ass paineries. Yes. So, as we know, tarot is very, very, very annoyingly gendered. Um, yes. So, I felt that it was important to, to bring in people that was experienced in this topic to have this conversation. Because I am... This has trash, so... I basically don't care. I thought you were going to say cishet trends, and I was nope. like, how the fuck does that work? <laughs> just hot. No, no, I'm not that exciting. I'm just complete and utter trash. So. You're not trash. Nah, I, no, I'm good garbage. I'm the garbage that you can be recycled. No, I think okay. consistently, at least two out of three of us are very much trash. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. I, I um, I'm white trash. I literally am. Like where I grew up and where I do be being and what I do be doing is very. I'm white trash. I mean, my family, uh, my bio family, legit um, identifies as rednecks. So, <gasps> so does my uncle, but he's insane. <laughs> So like, but we're we're from Backwater, Iowa, and uh, my mom washes the winders and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My uncle. See, the thing was, my family are all Irish, but my granda emigrated to Canada, and like sixty years ago for work, and he lived there for like twenty years, and so my both my pa- both my parents. Oh my God, no! My uncle and my mom, <laughs> who are not my parents, um, <laughs> Jesus were born in ireland and then they kind of grew up in canada a little bit and so my uncle is unironically like a backwoods canadian redneck bitch um, oh so God. does this make you part like canadian are you part canadian owen i am part culturally canadian <laughs> yes um because like i don't like we like where was it it was like oh, i don't remember where the names were they moved around a lot but um the uncle in question is incredibly racist he's very much pro-trump weirdo that kind of QAnon facebook bitch and he is married to an indonesian woman and lives in indonesia with his two indonesian children see yeah i think that's just kind of peak trash right there (laughs) yeah so he's just he's not not only is he insane he's a hypocrite um well that's that's what i don't understand where i'm just sitting here like so you're pro-Trump, but you're married to a person of color, and your children and your family are people of color. And also, you're an emigrant. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. I mean, okay, but we won't even get started on Donald Trump we, until, like, all of his wives have we been We could go immigrants. on. With that being said, we don't need to. Theo, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? I suppose. Do it. Um, I'm Theo. My pronouns are, well, we'll just use they, them for, for this. Um... And I am from the Heathen Weirdos Yay. podcast. Yeah. We very much very so excited. enjoy the Heathen Weirdos. We occasionally can shout them out. Basically, anytime we uh-huh. mention heathenism, we're like, go listen to these guys because we don't know what we're talking yeah, about. We don't know shit. <laughs> we don't yeah. know what we're talking about. We very much, we defer to y'all. 
quite a bit. <laughs> I literally say anytime I bring up heathenism, I'm like, I'm not heathen, but according to my friends and what my friends say, and that's mm-hmm. usually indicates all of the wonderful hosts and co-hosts over at Heathen Weirdos, which Theo is a wonderful part of. And if you want to find that, it's W-Y-R-D weird, not W-E-I-R-D weird, which is a heathen thing. Yes, it's like the web of the weird and fate and whatnot. Yes. It's more complex in heathenry than other religions and stuff. It it can't be just, nothing can be normal with us in general. No. With that being said, gender, divine gender, what the hell does that mean? What does it mean? That's a very good question. <laughs> Many answers. What is divine gender? I personally separate divine gender from human gender. Um, I practice a very, I guess, dualistic and gendered practice because, mm-hmm. well, as you will know if you've listened to any of the previous episodes, I am insane about balance. Balance is like my rule. Anything anything else can go out the window as long as there is some kind of balance there. And for me, a dualistic practice and like the gender binary in quotation marks um, is a great way to find that balance. And that is sort of how I was raised a little bit, which is quite funny because I myself am non-binary. And so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff there. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff there. Um but that is sort of how I would define divine gender separate from human gender and divinely balanced sure sure um when i think okay i have a different perspective which is fine like you do you um so i primarily see gender as a human construct and um I am not saying the gods don't have their own different genders like i'm sure they do in some way that we don't understand necessarily in our like from the human perspective um i do think that they interpret their genders and like present to us in a way that we would understand um just Mm -hmm. you know because like if they're presenting to us they clearly want to work with us and they want us to not like you know be like what the fuck is that shit um (laughs) and so i mean it just makes it easier like um, I mean, that's that's basically in a nutshell how I feel about it. Also, I think gender is dumb, but, you know, 100%. I respect people's gender because it's important. Yeah. It's I live within the duality and the dichotomy that gender is both amazing and the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Yes. Yeah. So I'm kind of in the center mm-hmm. between both you guys where I believe that it's very much so a construct. And I don't think the gods are gendered at all. However, I do believe that there is a strength in a binary in that regard when it comes to divine gender, not human gender. A binary and a human gender is just restrictive. But when it comes to divine gender, I do believe that there is a, a very strong binary, not a strict binary, but a strong binary strictly due to the duality and the balance portion of things. Um, and then basically there's things that land in the center, um, especially when it comes to deities. Um, not all of them are wholly one or the other, but they do have a tendency to lean one side or the other. Um, so I'm kind of in the center between you guys where I'm just like, I believe that there is a very strong binary within divine gender. Um, however, I also believe that we also 
kind of enforce our own human beliefs on gender, on these deities, on these spirits, on these objects itself. Entities. Entities, yeah. I would would say absolutely, especially when you look at, like, so I am more familiar with Norse deities in Mm -hmm. general, like, as, as a whole in general. Um a lot of people characterize Freya as like sexuality and like sexiness and like uh, there are stories where it's like oh she cheated on her husband and oh she traded sex for a necklace and stuff like that and it's like okay so first off like and it's all put in a very like negative like yeah, it's light. giving reductionist it's giving yeah. very simple branded take <laughs> exactly and like it's also definitely putting um a human perspective on it because mm-hmm. it's like well okay like that hussy yeah right and it's like <laughs> like who's to, like why who's to say the gods think that this is wrong i actually like, it's really funny that you say that because People do that a lot with Namarigna, um, oh, yeah. because she had sex like once in mythology. Or, or, like it wasn't necessarily once, but like they're very like the one that people will like point out the most is that um she has sex with Cuchulain, and therefore she is a sex goddess, and she is Ugh. all feminine and divinity and divine feminine, <laughs> and I think that is insane because hilariously, despite the fact that the way that Namarigna sort of appears to me. Um, is like more femme presenting and more like womanly um, typically I would still consider like their divine gender to be more masculine because for me divine gender isn't so much about representation it's more mm-hmm. about what they would like represent and so yeah. like I guess masculine divinity or like divin- divine <laughs> divinity masculinity um divine masculinity would be like control discipline and dominance yeah. whereas divine feminine d- divine femininity divine feminine divine fem- yes thank you the divine feminine um would be more so um mercy compassion and like I guess I don't want to say timid because timid is the yeah. worst possible word to receptive. describe this and it's not how receptive. I feel. Yes, receptive and destructive. Yeah, and I think yeah. that comes into is that I work um, a lot with the Greek pantheon. Um, I do have very um, mm-hmm. kind of uh, my Patreon gods and all that. But I think like Aphrodite would be a good example that is usually considered very feminine. But when it comes mm-hmm. to the divine side, I would find that the energy that Aphrodite puts off is very masculine. It's very dominant. It's very aggressive. It's very much so like that female sexuality thing that kind of makes men melt, yeah. right? And there's something very... Mm-hmm. Um, Power and sexuality. Yeah, there's a very p- well, powerful portion of that. And that's very much so a sex goddess. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because when we see a lot in more modern terms, when we see all this like goddess work and this powerful goddess work, I'm like, you know what? That's all pretty masculine. <laughs> like divinely, that's all pretty <laughs> yeah. masculine. Um, well, yeah. One thing I'll say, because, like, I see it, like, I see newer practitioners, even some more seasoned practitioners, get really confused by this. Because, like, uh, with the masculine and feminine aspects, like, I just had a conversation with someone the other day where they were like, "Um, but, like, Hera, like, look at Hera. How is she only divine feminine? Yeah. 
I th- and I and I, I had to explain. I was like, no, just because a deity is a woman doesn't mean that they're only divine feminine. They have both, and like, it's not like it's like they intermix in a deity. Yeah, and that comes into into anything. But when I do refer, when I do apply a gender to an entity, it's usually whatever their most prominent aspect is so in the case of aphrodite where beauty is one of her more prominent aspects right um, of love and beauty that's going to be more feminine however the sexual sides of her she's also a goddess of war that's going to be the more masculine sides of her right yeah so mm-hmm. there's i think that overall deities specifically they're very honestly their gender is all over the place and they'd be just oh yeah i think that it's important to respect people's kind of beliefs when it comes to like, especially antiquity and, and things like that. But on the flip side of the coin, it's just that to be like, no, this is the divine masculine. This is the divine feminine. Like, really? Are you sure? Cause I don't think any of the gods really have a very strict binary that way. I think they kind of shift mm-hmm. back and forth, mm-hmm. but they do have very much. So a very strong point that kind of points towards one side of the binary that, usually they get associated with which is nothing wrong with yeah yeah i'd also would love to talk a little bit about the divine androgynin um and sort of like the com not the combination of masculine and feminine energy within deity but more so like this separate entity of like gender that exists that exists outside of masculine and feminine energy so for me that would sort of be um, I guess, do you know what, I'm going to talk about this in terms of the Kabbalistic tree of life, because sure. I am not a Kabbalist, but I have studied a little bit of Western esotericism and a little bit of Kabbalah, and I did, we did actually um, have to read uh, sections from the Zohar for my Judaism course, because I'm like, for those who don't know, I'm getting my bachelor right now in religious studies, and mm-hmm. so I've looked into this a little bit, um, and so the left hand side of the, like left pillar, or yeah, left pillar um would be more masculine and then on the right the right pillar would be more feminine but then there's also middle pillar or the pillar of mildness and or center pillar there's a couple different names and this is all about um balance and unity and i guess sort of okay do you know what the middle pillar is very much the lover's card yes (laughs) it's all about sort of um like unity balance harmony all of these sort of like coming together in peace and like find it's balance it's balance and the middle pillar is what i sort of ascribe to achieve in my concept of divine gender mm-hmm. um because we all know i'm all the way up my own ass about balance and <laughs> honestly i think that's not something that gets talked about a lot i feel like we very quickly will talk about divine masculine and divine feminine and then sort of move on um like not we the three but we the occult community um and we don't really embrace it enough and i i think we should i think we would all become better practitioners if we understood the like androgynous side of divine gender there's no i think that's a very valid point like um i also think i mean i personally think um people ignore it more because like you know society teaches us a gender binary yeah Mm -hmm. and i think that also comes to is like from what i understand there's a lot of practices that basically enlightenment is in the center is finding that center and Mm -hmm. it's funny that you do mention the lover's card because there's a reason why i wanted divine gender to be the lover's card because it is basically to kind of 
break out a gender, you have to recognize both sides and where it comes in the middle and where it comes outside that. Basically, to break the rules, you got to know the rules. Mm-hmm. Right? And Which is actually a great metaphor for tarot as well. Yeah. If you're trying to interpret those cards, yeah. you need oh to know God. that shit before you break that yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that there is definitely gods out there or there's definitely entities out there that do kind of really manifest in that way that's kind of either in the center or outside um i can't think of anything off the top of my head within my own practice but i know i guess hakate can kind of land in that regard sometimes but i know loki is a really popular one that's kind of outside the binary at this point i know things about loki yes And so if you weren't here at this point, we would defer. <laughs> yeah, we'd be, like... we'd be like, hey, so we know that Loki sort of exists outside the gender binary and can sort of flip flop between the two a lot. And mm-hmm. I think you should listen to Heathen Weirdness about that. We're going to shut well, up who now. Who would have thought? We have a weirdo I... right here. So let's go. I know. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, um, so not all heathens know a lot about Loki. Um, there is. Before the last five or so years um there was a huge um uh, nokian movement um that's kind of a play on the phrase lokian which um is what a lot of people who have loki as their primary primary oh part i thought you were talking about themselves. angel magic shit and i was like please my brain is not there right now <laughs> no um so a nokian movement so like no loki loki's evil and stuff um so one thing you have to keep in mind, like I do highly recommend if you're interested, please don't lick my face, Millie. Thank Millie's you. the dog. I just want to set the expectation to our listener. Yeah, yes, I, I like everyone to be aware. <laughs> I, I forget. Sorry, I forgot we're not on the Heath and Weirdos and everyone there knows who Millie is. <laughs> Millie is my Pomeranian. She is adorable and likes to give kisses. Um, And our new mascot. Yeah, that's fine. She likes it. She likes attention. Um, so anyways, um, there was a huge no Loki movement. Loki's evil. Um, so like if you are interested in Norse mythology, like it and stuff like that, like it's super great to dive into it. Um, do keep in mind that both Snorri and Saxo writing this down, um, they were both Christian men. And I've seen I've seen conspiracy theories where they're like they were actually heathens in disguise. No, they were both Christians, um, and they were writing the lore down in an effort to help convince heathens to peacefully join Christianity when they were basically being forced to. Um, so that lore is changed. It's very Christianized. Um. So, you know, like, like, for instance, a lot of heathens don't believe in, like, Ragnarok. Um, like, the Anglo-Saxons, he- Anglo-Saxon heathens don't even have it um, in their lore at all. But, so, like, Loki, the trickster deity and stuff like that, they're like, oh, he's evil, he's Satan, he was punished. The Christians that's, love that's a just... villain. I mean, like, yeah. they love a villain. Yeah. So... it's only been in the last five years that people are like actually in defense of Loki Um, like you know Loki blood brother of Odin um, not Thor Odin Marvel Um, (laughs) but yeah but like he's not a bad person 
Um, but Loki also definitely. Sorry, I'm rambling. Um, but I'm anyways. enjoying the rumble. I'm okay with it. Yeah. We're listening very, very intently. So Loki does a lot of things through the through the lore, and you know I'm garbage with names, so I can't remember the actual titles. But like, there's stories like like in general when loki is presented loki presents as a man um keeping in mind i personally think loki is gender fluid or at the very least non-binary um and i do feel that it's possible loki was written more as a man due to the christianization because like when you see loki presenting as another gender or species um (laughs) Or both. Um, it's because um, it's because um, you know Loki was doing something either Trixie or well actually no I, the two I'm thinking of primarily Loki was actually helping the other gods out like when Loki turned into a female horse and had relations relations with a boy horse she was supposed to be distracting um and you know that's how Slepner was born don't that get me started on the fact hilarious. that odin uses Slepner as a horse <laughs> and rides Slepner into battle so odin is basically riding riding his own nephew into battle um oh don't get God. me started um, i Maybe I need to start looking into Norse mythology because this is this is this is starting to sound kind of interesting. There's some plot <laughs> twists here. It's fucking weird, dude. <laughs> like, and I think uh, honestly, and this comes into like this is where when people are just like, oh no, these gods are definitely like boys and girls, and they have penises and vaginas. I'm like, nah, they don't. They're not men. Like, <laughs> they are Barbie dolls down there. I'm like, oh yeah. Like, I think that. Well, you're right. Change it out, <laughs> or just swap it out as they see fit. I think that's where again where we discussed earlier that we definitely put a human concept of gender onto our deities and oh, yeah. that's where i don't subscribe i think we take yeah i think we take it way too far with how we gender deities like mm-hmm. i think we take it way too far like way outside the concept of divine gender we go straight into human gender because obviously we're human mm-hmm. um and so we push that on to this different gender binary than the one that we have like because i guess for me like obviously realistically deities don't necessarily have like a physical human form and Mm -hmm. so i don't like their concept of gender or at least my concept of their concept of gender um is purely about energy and like like describing energy and not so much about actual reproductive organs or like gender identity when it comes to deities yeah and i find that's interesting that um we see it occasionally people like you gotta respect gender like sorry the deities pronouns and i'm like i don't think they know what pronouns are uh, yeah i mean deities pronouns i i <laughs> you're like you can call them whatever you feel I, like that makes you comfortable but yeah. to please other people's cons like i've heard people like don't call loki mm-hmm. like they because very obviously i'm like why who, who cares about this like or yeah i don't understand the policing of oh deity pronouns because i'm like they don't have genitals or yeah. <laughs> lack of genitals or, or, gender, or gender or gender gender identities gender identities and so yeah. like i think so. very much respect people's pronouns and remember that deities aren't people <laughs> yes um 
Oh god, my point just flew out the window. Brain, come on, do this. It's okay, this this podcast does that to you. Um, if you <laughs> listen to any of the episodes, there are at least two instances where I am talking and I'm making a point and I'm building up to this point and then I get there and I'm completely blank. I've completely lost the I think what it is is that you yeah. actually get to your point but you still have the momentum like a train and the train keeps going. Yeah, that's it sometimes as well. I will 100, like I will say my point, I'll be building up to something. I will say what I've been building up to but I won't realize say it as if, I'm, yeah, I won't realize. I'll just get too excited and just keep talking and then I just end up talking shit. <laughs> um, so, um, not Sorry, I realized there were things I was going to say with Loki um, to cap that off. Um, a lot of heathens don't worship Loki, which is fine. Like, you know, a lot like um, that's valid. I personally don't worship Odin. I've chosen Gasp! not to for various personal reasons. Traitor. Um, right. Um, or Thor, which is fine. They're not, <sighs> I'm not I'm not like I hate them. I just. I'm not but what that, about dude. sexy Chris um, Hemsworth? I don't understand. No, I worship that Thor. <laughs> That's valid. <laughs> That's totally valid. Um, oh God. Um. Anyway, so sorry. So I, I do. Loki is in my hearth cult. I would consider myself a Lokian if I didn't have Kiernanos. Um, cults, cults, cults. Yeah. Oh. And. <laughs> Have you guys covered Hearth Cult on here before? A little bit, yes. Yeah. We touched on it. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Sorry. Just so no, we're not okay. like sitting here like I'm in a cult. I'm not in a cult. We literally um, discuss it during cults. Just... <laughs> yeah. We, we we have we had a, the cult episode that we had to record three times. And <laughs> we covered it so many different ways. And then I don't know what we ended up with. We may not have actually mentioned it in the final episode. Uh, no, we, but I'm pretty we sure did. We, we mentioned it in the past and we're like, oh yeah, we discussed this eight times. You don't know we discussed it eight times, but um yeah, her cult is a thing and you're not actually in a cult. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, a hearth cult, I'll just I'll just recap real quick. Yes. Yeah, a hearth I think cult that would be a good idea. Basically, um I feel like I've seen it more with North Seasons, but like I'm more Same. close to that community than others. Um so a hearth cult is basically um a set of deities that someone works with personally yeah like um yeah my i mean that's life. the long and short of it to be honest it's not a very yeah, complicated concept it, like <laughs> yeah and like everyone's hearth cult's gonna be a little different like yeah. um but loki is definitely in my hearth cult mm-hmm. and like loki is not just a trickster deity like you know i'm not saying loki doesn't enjoy some good chaos they do um in my upg and like i guess it's technically spg at that point um because yeah. a lot of lokians feel it's commonly same. shared yeah um but also like loki is a deity of change and like pushing yourself to explore new things basically um which is it's fun um but in my upg we were talking about like don't get way too uppity with like gendering deities and stuff and like i don't but like with loki i feel like loki really enjoys it when you like you know switch through like they them she her he him for them yeah and that makes complete sense to me again i occasionally even refer to hakate as them right and it's just that it's and that that's i don't i don't even have any rhyme or reason for it it just makes sense to me and if somebody were to yeah. like honestly somebody can i go on the discord start referring to hakate as he him and i'd be like cool 
like it wouldn't make any sense like it wouldn't make any yeah. sense for me to argue um, any of that i actually it's very funny that you bring this up because i now have two things that i would like to say um True. I don't know shit fuck about Loki. I really don't. Um, but I've always sort of seen Loki as the tower card from Tarot. I <laughs> like that. That was really, that's really, that's the extent of my knowledge of Loki. I don't know if that's correct, but that is how I will visualize them. Um, and the other thing that I was going to say, because this just popped into my head. Um, there's a very popular book out there. It's not an episode of the Suit Series T if I'm not shitting on popular books, but, um, there's a very popular book about there about sort of queer magic and sort of like LGBT practi- practices, I guess. Um, I am not a huge fan of this book and there's a couple of reasons, but one of the main reasons that I see is that this person lists Namarigna um, as a non-binary deity or as a, like an LGBT deity because they use they, them pronouns. And the thing is with that, the reason that a lot of Irish practitioners and a lot of people who have studied Irish mythology will refer to Namarigna as they them is because there's like seven of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because the way like I, like Irish deities, they, they don't really have names um, so much as they have titles. And Namarigna, like there's obviously there's examples where it's more like obvious than others. Like Brigid is a name, but it's also a title. But, like, you would use it in a name and you would use it in a singular sense because there's only one Bridget in quotation marks, um, which is also wrong. But for the point of this argument, there is one Bridget. And um, Namarigna is a title and it basically means, like, the Great Queen or less commonly, like, the Phantom Queen or the Dark Queen. And so when you say... It's also, by the way, why Lady Morrigan is the most dumb shit I've ever heard in my life. Because you're just <laughs> saying Lady Great Queen or Lady um, Phantom Queen. And I think that is insanely stupid. And when I correct people on this, they make TikTok videos belittling me and being awful. And so if you call someone Lady Morrigan, don't speak to me. Um, <laughs> however, circling back to the point... Um, the re- like there the, there's no like Namarigna isn't necessarily an LGBTQ plus deity because it's multiple people. That is where the they them comes from. It's mm-hmm. a group. And I, <laughs> it's a collection. And again, I think that comes into everybody's just kind of personal experience with gender because my experience with deity gender is very much so are they passive or are they active, right? Um, this is yeah. going to be actually going to be a hot fucking take. And I don't think there's going to be any Christians listening, but I'm going to say it. Um, Jesus Christ, divine feminine. Yeah, that makes sense. That is actually really funny that you bring that up. Has anyone here heard of side wound theology? No, no. Oh my oh, wait, God. I think, for wait, is that because like the, the stabbing of like basically yes. his vagina? Yes, it is. Yeah, there you go. Yes, it yeah. is. So there is this sort of, um heretical christian theory that jesus is trans and or i guess that's a that's a very um uh simple like that's a very large simplification but basically that jesus embodies the divine feminine and the divine masculine in that the stab wound in his like in in his side the side wound um is representative of a vagina and so jesus is divine yeah like divine feminine in that way um and I think that's hilarious. I love heretical Christianity. 
Christianity. Um, so fun. And I just, yeah, I, I encourage all of you to Google Sidewind Theology after this podcast listening okay. if you want to go down the deepest and darkest, <laughs> most insane rabbit hole you've ever seen in your life. That's amazing. But... And again, uh-huh. that comes into, I've never, haven't read the book that you're talking about, but I think that also comes into is like, I don't think necessarily, you don't have to queer your deities because they're already queer. <laughs> yeah, I 100% agree with that. I don't think that there necessarily needs to be queer deities because all deities well, are outside the concept of human gender anyway. And that is pretty queer if you ask me. One Norse deity that a lot of people see as like, definitely a man that also like definitely is a queer odin is it odin oh yeah oh Oh, my god (laughs) well like um so the story is that um only women were allowed to um practice learn and practice sather um which is a traditional like magical of sorts praxis that we don't have a lot of information about but that is very cool from what I've seen in it. Like, I've actually, like, once again, no knowledge of Norse anything. But yeah. I have looked into Sather because of this. Because it's just, it's so you, cool to me. <laughs> if you ever want to get a thorough lesson on what is available with Sather. And also, like, I mean, there's some UPG in it. But, um, like, a really um, reconstructionist take on Sather that has a very little UPG. Just talk to Sif. Yeah, I read Sif's, um, I've been looking at what Sif's been saying about it, that's what started my, like, interest in it. Oh. Um, if you, if you go to our Discord, Sif has a, a Sather soapbox. Yeah, I read through the Sather just, soapbox. It's fantastic. <laughs> you should just go there and ping Sif and it's, be like, tell me more. It is so fantastic. And then get popcorn <laughs> and tea. Yes. Um, but, um, anyways, so traditionally, even for the gods the story goes that only women were allowed to learn Sather. So Odin was like, Odin, who, you know, always wants to learn and is a god of wisdom, Mm -hmm. was like, I need to know that. And they were like, but you got a dick, bro. Um, (laughs) They didn't actually say that. Um, No, it's canon. And Odin was like, okay, okay. And so Odin was like, fine, and became a woman. And was like, teach me Sather. And Freya was like, all right. Come on. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Good enough for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I we have speculated amongst the weirdos. I don't think we've actually recorded any, but like we think that like um so part okay. So Valhalla is not Norse after like Norse heaven. It's not. <gasps> mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Valhalla. But I I don't understand. That's what all the media and the entire world has told me. If you mm-hmm. want to go to an afterlife where you're constantly butchering people and then feasting and being butchered and stuff, like, go for it, bro. That sounds awful to me. I feel to like get... How to Train Your Dragon accurately depicted Valhalla. Yeah. Um, so, you have to die in battle to go to Valhalla. It's kind of like but purgatory, basically. I not not necessarily i don't know it i think it's a very christianized concept like i personally okay this is my personal thoughts not all norse heathens think this but i think in the afterlife you can go between different halls oh because like there's so many different halls for like the dead like there's hellheim which is like the general afterlife which is not hell it is a nice (laughs) sunny place where you spend time with your family 
okay anyways um but freya also has her own hall one thing a lot of people don't know is if you die in battle freya gets first pick yes i did know Mm -hmm. that one um that one I did know. I don't know why. Probably from spending so much time around the heathen weirdos. <laughs> Probably. Um, but Freya gets first pick. So uh, one shirt I really want is um, it's just a black shirt and it, it's from an Etsy store, which it's the 20th now. We can shop on Etsy. Um, we. But um, it's a black shirt that says Valhalla, the Hall of Freya's Rejects. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. Um, but yeah, so I we have speculated amongst ourselves that that might have been payment for teaching Odin Sather. Oh, that is that's why I know that. That's why that information is there. Complete mm. speculation. Um, I mean, it makes but, sense. You know, like Freya's, yeah, I mean, Freya's fucking busy. She's got shit to do. Um, like, she doesn't have time to just sit down with Odin and teach him an entire magical praxis. Like, not with not for free. Yeah. Um, Especially, I'm like, she's not anyways. stupid. She knows. She's just like, all right, I guess Odin's a chick now. Like, it's not that she oh was tricked God, into right? it. <laughs> she's like, I guess you're a chick yeah. now. You can learn. It was very much so malicious. Yeah, it was malicious compliance. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good malicious <laughs> compliance story. Uh, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Story. Yeah, I mean, like, it all makes I sense. I enjoyed your story. Yeah. I'm, 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 I think, yeah, I think the thing is, I feel like the whole concept of divine gender and human gender being the same thing came about with Christianity. Um and yeah i mean christianity but like pre-christianity so like microcosm macrocosm we are made in the lord's image that sort of thing um i think that because when i say microcosm and macrocosm um i'm very much talking about once again energy (laughs) not actual i don't genuinely believe that the macrocosm is a version of me sitting up in the clouds um i i think think... it is but (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think that if anyone was god it would be me the microcosm right now in the situation i am god and you should all worship me and join my cult but um well suffer then (laughs) i will (laughs) um i just i feel because okay so for me because before i was studying religious studies i was studying chemistry and okay. when I finish religious studies, I will be going back into biopharmaceutical science. Um, mm-hmm. And so I am very much a sciencey, scientific person. And my concept of sort of like spirituality and my own paradigm that I work within is that the physical world is explained by science. My body and how my body works is explained by science. But there's mm-hmm. spiritual aspects to every part of the physical world. I believe that every... I guess I'm sort of animistic in that sense. I believe that every physicality has a binary with a spiritual part of itself. Like, I believe that, I guess, human beings would have, like, for lack of a better word, souls. I'm going to use the word soul because it's commonly understood, even though I don't technically subscribe to the Christian concept of souls and soldom. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so for me, the, oh no, I'm about to sneeze. Good job. Okay, hold on, hold on. <coughs> oh my god um so i believe very strongly that 
the like okay because the thing is i see this a lot with science versus religion um and i don't i believe wholeheartedly that science and religion are two sides of the same two sides two halves of the same coin um i think that science definitely explains the physical things and that religion explains the metaphysical things i don't think Mm -hmm. that they need to be fighting each other i don't think that one takes precedent over the other i just think that they can exist side by side and the way that this works for me with gender is that um I, the microcosm in the situation, because the concept of the microcosm and macrocosm is entirely spiritual. It's not a scientific thing where like somewhere between earth and space, there is a human being who, or a God that is a human being or looks like a human being whose image we were made in. Um, it's very much sort of, we were given the divine, like within ourselves, the divine feminine, the divine masculine and the divine androgynine. And that is the microcosm to the larger macrocosm. Um, and so, because the look, we we are like all humans are open, like have the capabilities to be either receptive or destructive, or harmonious, and that is sort of what I believe in terms of that. I don't think that the microcosm and macrocosm theory is necessarily we like a literal physical trait thing. I don't think it's an actual. This is what we look like thing. I think the reason that in mythology all of our gods look like humans is because we wrote mythology as humans, and so when they come to us or when we describe them, we ascribe to them human characteristics. I just used the word describe and ascribe next to each other, and I'm so sorry for that. Um, <laughs> but like that's that's sort of how that works for me. That's why the gods have these human characteristics. I don't think that they actually are human or experience any human experiences. Um, it's just that this is how we perceive them. That's a really long way to say that God doesn't have a dick. Yeah, it yeah. is a very very long way of saying that God doesn't have a dick. Just like he made us in his own image. What? Yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. Okay. He made us in his own image, and that image is energetic. <laughs> our, 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 his image is just a hairless ape. Okay. Yes. So uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna grab onto that energetic thing. If God made us energetic, God failed a lot of people. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> God failed me. I have not left my bed today, and it is four in the afternoon. Fair. Fair. But I think it's um. It's important to kind of discuss as well, like how this can become an issue, um, especially when it comes to, I'm seeing with the notes here, gender dynamics and conformity is an oh, yeah. issue, an issue in a lot of communities. For example, <laughs> Dianic Wicca, Zhuzhana Budapest. Grown. What the fuck is that? Not putting... No one should put their pussy on the earth. Oh my god. No, it's, not Lisa fucking Lester. It's, it's, not this bitch. It's dirty. <laughs> it, That's how, that is how you underwear. get yourself, is an infection. That sounds like a yeast infection. That's how you get an itchy pussy. Yeah. Or like, sand. <laughs> or pe- oh my like, god. Okay. No. no, I'm just... It's, I'm, I'm Listen. sad. Say what you want, because we and fucking Kateri certainly do. Um, I think that that is insane. Like, Diana Wicca exists for... It exists, that's for sure. It certainly exists. I think um, it's some kind of divine punishment. Yeah. I mean, listen, yeah. Because the thing is, okay, there is two, um, I guess, sort of sects of Diana Wicca, okay. where one is fine and focuses just very heavily on divine feminine and dianic worship 
true. And the other focuses on turfdom and being an insane person. <laughs> yes. I mean, I am okay. Like, I'm more than okay with someone choosing to only worship quote-unquote female deities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's valid. Yeah, get that. that's me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it's only been in the last couple of years that I've been even remotely okay working with male deities. And, like, I've got Loki... Who, uh, male in quotation marks yes. yeah i was gonna say question that um yeah and like karen you who like one of my first experiences with like i wouldn't talk to him because male deity and so he went and smacked some tits on and was like is this better <laughs> and i and i was like yeah that's fine yeah i can i can do this now yeah I, I, i'm ready um, um and that like the only relatable. the only other male deity I have is Andrimnir, which is um the Norse deity of cooking, basically. There's like oh, one beautiful. sentence in the lore for him. But um like he's I cook a lot. I love cooking. Um Me too. But High like five. that is I that is the only cooking. like strict male deity I work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we're if we're going with that, like I don't think it, you've already heard my opinions um (laughs) i think what's really kind of important too is just that i think that everybody should absolutely celebrate their gender oh yeah go for it like i think everybody should do that but once it gets to the point of exclusion it's where it's bad scene and i well bad yeah i was like it's not even just excluding gender like it's more <laughs> it's so more. much more yeah <laughs> sorry go ahead yeah i think and that's i think we see that a lot especially in like goddess um movements as such right which there's not and mm-hmm. it's funny because usually that would you'd think that as a very like patriarchal thing that level of exclusion but um we do see it a lot in a lot of like when I say goddess worship, you see this with my fingers doing quotation marks because um, especially with a lot of pagan circles that I've um, rubbed elbows with, it's always just like, oh, I worship the goddess. And it's like, well, which one? All of them. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm just like, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But it becomes less about actual a practice and more girl power right yeah. and it's just like there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with celebrating your gender i celebrate my concept of gender which is again i'm sure. cishet but i don't really give a shit right um no one should be ashamed for being cishet right i'm so ashamed no i'm joking um but it's just it comes into is that i don't care enough about that to actually care <laughs> does that make sense like that no that makes sense that i don't feel like i have to worship like femininity like that um mm-hmm. i just feel like i'm very comfortable with that in that that i don't necessarily have to go out of my way to make it bigger than what it is um it's just mm-hmm. what i am and who i am i respect my goddesses i respect my gods i respect masculine and feminine i respect anything inside and outside that but mm-hmm. i don't necessarily feel that it is necessary to have it have anything in general to be superior to the other. So my biggest issue with like um, the Diana Quicka, um, the the like really 
problematic one is like they center a lot on women having to have uteruses. Yeah. Yeah. So not only does that exclude a lot of like possibly like intersex or um trans women, um AFAB women who have medical issues. Yep. Like for the love of God, like I could not imagine like being an AFAB woman who fully believed in that stuff and being told that I needed to have a hysterectomy. Yeah. Like, like the amount Whoa. of turmoil. Cause like you're losing your entire praxis then. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, actually... they're not going to accept you after that. Mm-hmm. 100%. So, so yeah, it's just like, it's, um, it's, it's just, it's so flawed. <laughs> Theologically, well, and... it is so flawed. Well, and that's the thing, is, like, you know, like, you, people have to get hysterectomies for a lot of reasons. Yeah. yeah. Um, And so, I like, know a I, lot of people, actually, who've had hysterectomies. Oh, my God. Words. I am not <laughs> capable of speaking. I know a lot of people who've had hysterectomies, and I'm thinking now, like, because, okay, okay, wait, now, this is so off topic, but it's not off topic, it's just hilarious. I've seen this Facebook post. I can't remember if somebody sent it to me or if it was circulating just, like, a meme Twitter. But um, it was about this woman who was part of this, like, in-person coven. And whenever, and there was a trans woman there um, who, like, joined the coven. And everyone else was fine with it. But this one lady was just, like, whenever they come too close to me around the fire in the circle, I spread my legs and start caressing my womb so that they, do, because their energy affects me so much they're so like what? and it's so uh, like overt fuck. <laughs> yeah like those are the exact words caressing my womb um okay so and it's first just... off you can't physically do that unless yeah. you're cutting yourself open literally well look, because that was the thing that was it's like okay so you're spreading you so so this is what you're saying to me right now you're spreading your legs and caressing your womb have you like reached up like what is happening? Oh, we here? know what they're saying, but what the yeah. fuck, man? So, so basically, <laughs> yeah. whenever this person comes towards you, you openly masturbate in public <laughs> to oh get them God. to leave you alone, which is valid because I would also leave you alone, <laughs> like Jesus. Yeah, like, like oh my, who's okay with you doing God. this? Why have you not been kicked out of this coven yet? You're a fucking bitch. Yeah. Like, who's also like like people get put on sex offender registries for shit like that <laughs> like what is wrong with you yeah i don't oh, know that's, man that's sexual it's... harassment no it's surely no it's like the divine feminine is like you know the best and this is okay because i'm just showing my divine feminine oh god no but so i just i wanted our viewers i wanted our viewers our (laughs) listeners whatever to um understand the extent of this like insanity when it comes to the exclusion of trans women like it is so like it's not even like there's no logic to it it's just completely like insane at that point like if you feel the need whenever you stand too close to a trans woman to like assert your dominance by caressing your womb you need to go to a therapist this is what happens when you have religious spaces with no politics rules yep yeah yep. 
you get bigots like this in a space that sexually harass trans people and people they don't approve of well not just sexually harass like this person is obviously sexually harassing them yeah Mm -hmm. um but like harass and do harm to like trans people and other people they just don't agree with yeah like that's disgusting now if i'm gonna reel it in just a tiny little bit i think it's also important that if there is a practice that is specifically in this case sexed or gendered i don't want anybody to feel like they can't do it just because they don't have the quote-unquote right parts um i'm a very very big component in rune magic myself but i do not think you have to be assigned female at birth to be able to do rune magic in any way shape or form or have a womb like an actual physical womb because i think we've talked about this on this podcast before we talked about astral Astral wounds wounds. and the thing is is that (laughs) i don't think anything should be gate kept from anybody like that like Mm -hmm. the thing is is that when we talk about womb magic we usually do use these very extreme examples of bigotry and how this can be very dangerous but i don't want anybody to think that they cannot do these things because they don't want to be associated with these type of people i think that if you no matter what your gender identity is if you want to use um like phallic magic or womb magic you should just be able to do it no matter what i think i think if we're being 100 percent honest dick magic let's not let's call it what it is because that is a funny fucking thing to say (laughs) i like that is just funny to say it is funny but what i'm getting at is that just if something is based off sexual organs no matter what your gender identity is you shouldn't necessarily cut yourself off from that do what you want to do do as you will so one thing okay this is kind of a tangent and i will not go way too far into this um so i write smut nice and i i write beautiful trans and whatever inclusive smut Mm -hmm. and i can fully agree with what you just said because when i'm writing these characters i describe their parts as they would like them described like a clitoris can be considered a penis or a dick can be considered a clitoris (laughs) like i would i would not say oh he caressed her dick unless unless the character was okay with it being described as such um but it's just like let's not be assholes about this okay and on the flip side of the coin not everybody needs to know the details of your practice that intimately correct (laughs) so so talk so hold on a second i just want to i just i don't want to jump over the metaphor that you just created in my mind where we went from talking about um dicks and clitorises and then katiri said flip side of the coin and said asshole (laughs) i think that has so much we had there was so much potential for a hilarious joke there that there, no one made it just <laughs> made it we, we are professionals <laughs> um, but i don't know and i guess like my opinion on it like i i'm agreeing ugh, i'm agreeing with kateri and like also i write people that way because it's like life is short finding happiness is hard enough why do you need to be an asshole yeah exactly like just let people do what they do is it hurting you no it's not don't don't 
don't you dare. <laughs> if you are that involved in other people's lives and other people's lives are that, like, have that much of an impact on your well-being and happiness, like, you get should a Get a mental health consult. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I think we can kind of finish off this episode with kind of a recap of what our yes. own experiences. Like, what what have what's our experience with gender whether it be in this physical realm or metaphysical okay i'll go first (laughs) (laughs) um so for me i tend to shy away quite a lot from um i guess sort of masculine divinity or like divine masculine energy i work exclusively with um sort of divine feminine um, which is really funny because all you hear me do is talk about balance and I'm unbalanced in this. Oh my God, I've got hiccups. Anyway, anyway, um, I'm unbalanced in this way. Like, I, I don't know. Okay, so my family have sort of, I guess, a male, de- a male deity. I can't speak. Um, a typically masculine deity and a typical feminine deity that we all sort of would worship together um, because we believe that they will help us sort of find that balance in between and mm-hmm. sort of, I guess, become enlightened. That's not the word that we would use, but I guess that's the closest comparison um, through working with these people and these de- these people, these deities. Um, but the thing is, yeah, I don't, I don't work with the masculine aspect of it like at all um and it's a mild point of contention between me and my grandmother um because I have outright refused in the past I'm slowly coming okay because the thing is we also we do a lot of death and spirit work and so a lot of the people in my immediate family are literally like um hospice workers and like care workers and or old people (laughs) and um there's a lot of encounters and brushes with death as part of our traditions and part of part of our like general life. Um, and so I'm shying away from that as well. And that like the, the male deity would be very much rain in that sort of aspect, the death aspect, whereas the, um, Mm. and I have had some experiences with, I guess, death work in the past that have, fried my brain and scared the shit out of me and left me for three days like bedridden um because of these sort of experiences and these rituals and whatever and I very much don't want I'm not personally ready for that right now and so I am gonna continue to work with the divine feminine for the time being but I will keep you all updated (laughs) I would, if you were ever comfortable with it, I would love to talk to you about your familial practice. Like, as someone who was raised Lutheran Missouri Synod, which is, like, one of the most conservative branches of Lutheran and stuff, like, the highest position a quote-unquote woman can hold is um, the Altar Guild, which is uh, cleaning the church. Gross. Yeah, um, so, like, as someone who was raised in such a conservative household and, like, family and Christian family, like, I would love to talk to you about that. That sounds It is actually, I would love to talk to you about that, because oppositely, oppositionally, Mm -hmm. um, the women in my family tend to sort of lead rituals and lead prayer and 
are usually like like the source of power i guess in quotation mm-hmm. marks like it's very much um my grandmother my aunt my mother and less so my like uncle or my father um well i guess not really my father because that's a different side of the family but um <laughs> like my uncles and my aunt's husband um that isn't really like they're just sort of background noise um i will share a little bit actually about like how how our ritual would work in that sense in that um the the men of the family tend to very much they don't sit out the ritual but the part that they play within ritual and within um these practices is background noise um and that they will literally play instruments and they will play music and they will raise the energy and then the women will do the thing with the energy um where like and it's sort of like that like the women can control it but the men sort of raise it if that makes sense um, that makes sense. yeah i am very lucky to have a very sort of accepting family and mm-hmm. also be the only child of my mother and the only child of my like generation like my auntie doesn't have any children or anything like that okay um and so my grandmother has sort of been treating me a little bit like both and she's been teaching me both and that is because otherwise it will die because there are no like yeah. female children um and so it's sort of a preservation act um but it's also she's also quite accepting ish ish of my own gender and my lack thereof in certain aspects um yeah. and so she's just kind of like she recognizes me spiritually differently like as outside the concept of like the male role and the female role within our practice and i very deeply appreciate that because i feel like for an yeah for an 80 year old woman that's pretty open-minded if you ask me um i'm also her only grandchild and that's well because obviously my uncle is insane and so we like my other uncle so we don't really include him and shit he also (laughs) lives on the other side of the world um so he doesn't really get he also cannot play an instrument for shit he is awful he's just useless Um, then yeah he's he's a dud he's a spiritual dud um and so yeah so there was a point i was going somewhere with this you wanted to talk to me about stuff yeah i'll talk to you about this (laughs) (laughs) it'll be fine okay yeah i look forward to it yeah um god gender it's hard it is what are your experiences with it well, that's that's where I'm going. I'm trying to figure out where to start. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, like, I have always felt okay. So I'm I'm AFEB, which um for those of you out there, like, I'm saying it mostly just so um you can understand where I'm starting from. Um, because in general conversation, AFEB and like AMAB and stuff doesn't really need to come up because it's very rare that people need to know what parts you have. Yeah. Um, but I'm saying it just for clarity. Um, I was raised in an extremely conservative, extremely Christian household. Like everyone and every man in my family was an, is an elder in the church. Um, and like I you okay out there kids falling apart <laughs> um, and yeah so um sorry one of them hit his head pretty hard on the wall he's fine um just a little brain so damage. it's okay 
Yeah. Just a little bit. He's hard-headed. He's chill. Um, <laughs> so, like, all of the men in my family are elders in the church. In fact, like, an elder doesn't mean older. Um, like, I think my little brother, who is 20, is also an elder in the church at this point. It's a title. Um, yeah. And so all the women in my family are on the altar guild, which is, like, you clean the church and you decorate the church and, like, make sure the kids have shit set up. Um, so extremely involved. Um, and so I don't, um, it took me a long time to, I realized when I was 18, when I was first starting college, I took LGBT classes because I knew I was, I knew I was not straight. Um, (laughs) So I was like, let's learn more about this. So took LGBT classes and keep in mind, this was like 13 years ago. So the idea of like gender queer and like other non-binary things came up and I was just like, shit. Okay. Um, And so I realized at that point that I was non-binary and like, had um like adopted a pagan praxis with my aunt and uncle um when i was like 15 or 16 so like i wasn't christian either when i realized this um but my aunt and uncle's praxis is very close to like dianic wicca um and like had to like start there and actually like because i was 18 i was a few years and like ditched that praxis like and kind of kept with just like animism for years like while trying to like while working through a lot of issues i had with latent christianity and stuff like that and um all of that programming that basically the church would do to us and slowly like i worked with like you know care new news came to me when i was about 20 21 and like I kind of worked with him a little bit then and then like slowly would like only just occasionally work with other deities and then when I was like 25 Loki was like hi how's it going what's up and I was like how are you and I was like who are you I was like you know basically was like I'm Loki and I was like I don't know how I feel about that um (laughs) so like yeah it was just it's only been in the last few years um, that I've been okay with working with deities, like, um, consistently and building my own hearth cult and basically had to, like, ungender my praxis because, you know, like, a lot, of, like, since I was a child, everything was gendered. And it was, it was just something that took me a little longer to get over, which is fine. Like, everyone goes at their own pace. Um, it's only been within the last couple of years that I've been okay with working with male deities. So yeah, I don't know. That was maybe vague. Do you guys have any questions? <laughs> no, I think it's honestly. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's. You explained it. Pretty you explained well. it very well. Um, f- for my personal experience, is that I don't give a shit. Um, I am very, very comfortable being a woman. Um, I've never really considered anything else because I've never felt restricted by my gender. Um, with the exception of like physical strength, but honestly, I don't think that has anything to do with 
spiritual no, practice. or spiritual practice or yeah. even my physical practice it's just like you know what i could be a dude yeah. and still be this like short and weak it has nothing yeah. to do with, like that has more of a physical sense of it all but um growing up i grew up in a very particularly um it was like a, a catholic um commune right um so we oh, actually okay. did like sure. um we were on a farm and um interesting enough although it was very much so um like male based um as much as i do not get along with my mother um she is a bull of a woman and it's her way or the highway and mm-hmm. at the very least i was able to take that type of personality and kind of use that to my advantage because in this whole commune kind of um kind of environment um the kids were basically taken care of until they could you know play outside and at that point you took care of yourself and when it wasn't just so much taking care of yourself you also had to do farm work so i never felt like although it was kind of told to me that i should be demure and in dresses and veil and um being submissive because of the harsh environment that we kind of grew into because they wanted Mm -hmm. us to be isolated from society and we had to be self-reliant that i was taught that self-reliance so it's interesting that in their attempt to really kind of minimize feminine power and make us demure they actually put us in a situation where we had to take care of ourselves so i've never felt like my gender got in the way with anything mm-hmm. if that makes sense because no that makes yeah, sense yeah. that makes sense so i've i'm the personality type that i love being a woman however mm-hmm. i'll do whatever the fuck i want whenever the fuck i want to do it because As you should. i just do what i want when i want um Fuck yeah. So I know that um, there's definitely a social aspect to gender as well, and people don't wanting gender roles kind of enforced on them. Um, I never thought about that for myself anyway. I'm like, for all intents and purposes, um, I don't really subscribe to a gender binary personally, but I'm very comfortable with being one because I don't see that as anything necessarily bad for me yeah it's i'm very comfortable with that right i'm just like yeah it literally never became an issue and i've always find it interesting um having discussions with non-binary friends that especially seeing media and they never felt like they saw people like themselves um, or even um, trans people when they would see like the male hero or the female hero they would never feel comfortable with that i didn't care i was just like you know what that person's cool and i want to be just like that and i always would just Mm -hmm. insert myself into that role um growing up it didn't really matter if they were male or female it's just like all right they're cool they're powerful i'll do it so Mm -hmm. it's i find it's interesting people's kind of like perception of gender because for me it was never ever a boundary for me fuck yeah (laughs) i like i was just like I like it yeah, too. I'm just like straight up. I'm just like, hey, I'm a chick. And if I want to go smell some flowers or ride a motorcycle, I'm going to do both because I just feel like it. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, if I'm going to go <laughs> fight somebody, um, I think, again, I would only argue that the body I was born into sucks because I can't, you know, bar fight people. 
but that's about it. <laughs> you can barf. I yeah, that's you just can't win. That's the problem. Is <laughs> I don't want to do anything unless I win because I, God help me, if I was born in a assigned male body, because <laughs> I would be a scrapper. <laughs> that's oh the God. only thing that I quote unquote, and I'm doing this quotation marks because I know that gender's not sex, but like that's the only thing I feel like held back with is that i'm not as physically strong as i would like to be but that's it about it and i don't really care otherwise mm-hmm. that's yeah. fair i feel okay. like that's how i feel being so like my dad is six three and my mom is five eleven, and they are both short for their family oh my god i feel like i got cheated because <laughs> i'm five three Oh my god. Yeah. I'm six one, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Owen's a for context. Owen is a giant. I'm tall. <laughs> that is hilarious. I can't believe yeah. you're five three. Yeah, I'm also five Just three. Like, fuck you guys. Well like okay, so like if I have three biological siblings that I know about, um my father never quite knew how to keep his pants on. Um <laughs> so I am by far the shortest. Like my sister is five nine, and my little brother is six five or so. Oh my god! And my older brother is six four. So like when I take a picture with them, I look like I'm chipmunking it. <laughs> like, like I maybe come up to my sister's cheekbone. Um, you know, like you do. If it makes you feel better, I have all of my very close friends are short. And the guy that I'm currently, like, would like to be in a relationship in, but incapable of vocalizing that, is five foot two. Aww, that's cute. He is a foot shorter than me. That's adorable. My last, my last serious relationship, my partner was six foot seven. Oh my god. How, how did... Oh my fucking god. Don't ask too many questions, it's fine. Listen, listen, I don't like... I know there's gonna be people gonna be shocked with this. I don't like tall men. I just don't like tall men. <laughs> and with that, I think we will end it right here because I am now personally offended by this. I have been on Guyluck. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and running the Soothsayers T Twitter over at, at Soothsayers underscore T. And you will never see me again on this podcast. Podcast cancelled. Podcast cancelled. And I am Katiri. <laughs> I'm not going to allow this podcast to get canceled just because Owen's having a fit. Um, you can find me at binoxis.net. I usually mostly on Instagram and regretfully Facebook. Um, you also will see me running the Suceris T Instagram, which is Suceris underscore T. Hello, I'm Theo. You can follow me at Heathen Weirdos on Instagram. Um, yet again, that is Weirdos, W-Y-R-D-O-S. Um, Twitter. And basically, wherever you can listen to a podcast, I think our podcast is there. Yeah. Um, you can also find me on Discord on the Heathen Weirdo server. Um, it is called the Web of the Weird. Yet again, W Y R D. And yeah, so we're around. I'm a ma- yeah, I'm an admin there because I keep an eye on all the witchcraft yes. uh, related stuff to make sure nobody does any fuckery. I think we're all there. Yes, we are. All- yeah, all of the links. So what we have just spoken about will be in the description of these episodes, wherever you are listening to them. I default to Spotify, so I presume everyone's listening on Spotify. However, that is definitely not the truth. Um, mm-hmm. 
Oh my god, why is there smoke outside my window? Because you're dying. Uh, Your house is burning down. Oh no. Oh no. Okay. We should go check on that. Maybe there won't be another podcast. <laughs> uh, please save yourself. With that being said, hope you all have a great day. Yeah. yeah. Have a good day. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you.